0: when I originally looked at this set of lessons somewhere in my 98th hour of ice-bound captivity, sitting amidst the utter wreck that is my house, with two bored out of their skulls, whirling dervish children, the words of the psalmist in Psalm 40, which is not printed today, spoke directly to my ear. I waited patiently for the Lord. And he drew me up out of the desolate pit. <laughs> like many of you, it has been a long week in my household. Truthfully, though, when I pull myself out of the cabin fever and look back on this last week, I have to admit it was a really good week, a gift, even. Overall, as much as we Atlantans were stymied by this bizarre turn of events, it could have been much worse. The net result is that we couldn't go anywhere. We kept our power. Our shelter system out on the streets worked as best as it could. We were, for the most part, smart enough not to drive on the icy streets. The city shut down for a few days. We're okay. And in my house, we're better than okay. The reason it is such a mess is because we spent four days playing, cooking, reading, dancing, drawing, watching movies. In our world, that's what we call resting. It was, in truth, holy time. Now, our selection from the Old Testament this morning is from one of Isaiah's servant songs where the prophet Isaiah is reminding the people what it means to be called by God into service. And it's a tall order, formed in the womb to serve God. And not only to serve him by bringing back those who have wandered away, but also to be a light for everyone. A light so comforting, so appealing, that it draws people in from the ends of the earth. To be a servant of God, says Isaiah, means that the most powerful people will be brought to their knees. Isaiah does not pull punches here. Isaiah reminds us, modern-day servants of God, that God asks a lot of us. And we know that. I know that many of you, like me, are struggling with balancing what God asks of us with what the world asks of us. Because the world asks us to do a lot. We have to keep our fed, our kids fed and clothed. We have to run households. We have to follow the rules of the office. We have to keep bosses happy. We have to care for aging parents and balance our checkbooks. It's difficult work even when times are good. And it's close to impossible to put one foot in front of the other When the times are difficult, there is always so much to do. It can be hard to manage, hard to manage all of that alongside what God calls us to do as servants and disciples. We are, after all, clothing the poor and feeding the hungry, uplifting the sorrowful, bringing people into the warmth and the promise of the light of God. We are called into this important work right alongside all of those mundane things we have to do to keep ourselves and our families alive. We're called into all kinds of contracts and necessities. This doing is important for the world to keep spinning and for the work of God to get done. There would, after all, be no threads if we weren't doing the good work needed to clothe those kids. In Arizona, the Giffords and the Green families would not know how much this country supports them if someone had not organized that wonderful service of remembrance. Hey, our kids wouldn't get fed if we didn't cook them dinner, bless their hearts. The servant songs in Isaiah do not pretend that a call into servanthood, that is what we call discipleship, is easy. And we know that part too. Although for Isaiah, the difficulty was that the servant was to be despised for his faith, deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, a slave of rulers. I think for us, though, the challenge is not in being despised as much as as it is finding balance in all that is required of us by God and by the world. The world, in truth, is made better for our presence in it. The kingdom is made closer by our participation in bringing it. That is, after all, what disciples do. It is not an easy task, but then no one promised that the gospel would be easy. I thank God for the strong challenge of Isaiah, for his plain speech. The call of the servant song reminds us that God is relying on us as much as the more obvious needs of the world around us. And that's the message that I hear from the Old Testament lesson today. But friends, I think that we can look outside Scripture for a message as well. Scripture, we know, is not the only place we look to learn about the nature of God. There's a message in this week's storm, too. Amidst all of this doing. Sometimes, I think God calls us to stop. Stop. Stop and rest. Whatever rest looks like in your life. In the Bible, it's called Sabbath. Although we generally, we Christians, have not done very well with that concept. And while I don't ever think that God sends major weather events to teach us lessons, I do think that God has used this particular one, dramatic in its ability to shut down our city, to tell us to open up a can of soup, sit down, and cool it. And we did. I know we rested, because I talked to some of you about what you did over those days this week. I know that you, too, sledded and played. You knitted and you read through that stack of books that's been waiting beside the bed. You prayed. You checked your email only to see if the office and school would be closed again tomorrow. And when it was, you, like me, were a little conflicted about it. There is, after all, so much work to be done. But oh well, another forced day of rest it is. I am, of course, aware that no storm is perfect. This one caused hardship for some. But for many of us, we were able to take the gift of Sabbath with gratefulness and as a reminder that while there is so much And there always will be so much good and holy work to be done. Even disciples need to rest. Let's do our best not to forget. Amen.